0: Peter Heaton on this Friday morning talking the Great South Coast and the Midfield Group, one of Australia's most successful meat processors companies based in Warrnambool. Pleasure to talk to the Managing Director, Colin McKenna. Good morning, Colin. How are you, Peter? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Colin. But firstly, where are you? I'm just at the Union Cattle Yard,
1: just about to start drafting some cattle. So right. that's part of my day's work. Yeah, well, it's I beautiful. it's I, actually quite a
0: nice day. I knew, you know? I knew you'd be working, but Cole, just wanted to. Yep. Delve into the midfield group. Can you take us back to the early days? You know, like I think about mid nineteen seventies when you started and you had three employees. Can you just give us a bit of a insight into midfield and and why and when and how? Yeah, did well, it all that start? was really when uh, when we
1: started. It was myself and as, as in the local area, we on the local radio. Titchy Grieve and I actually started at the time buying a few cattle and buying a few mainly sheep and doing a few hides and skins. Uh, when the hide-and-skin business local firm closed in Waterville and we sort of took over that, there was a, va- a vacuum there. And we went from there and I always had, uh, well, it was three of my main employees and they're still with me to this day, you know, going back from the early, early 70s. Yeah. And, uh,
0: I catch up with Titch every now and then. He doesn't live far from that's me. He's right. a bit of a character.
1: Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a local character, but him and I have been good mates forever and a day and uh still are so that's you know 50 years plus and uh there was leon mccluskey Alan mcgill ray and jeff morgan effectively that was the four of us that really really uh you know they, they worked with us and done our books and done our selling or whatever whatever they had to do and Titch and i did the buying and running and all this sort of thing and um that's sort of how it grew and then it grew on we were killing i used to slaughter contract slaughter at uh at uh, camberdown abattoir in them days uh Hamilton Abattoir and Captain Abattoir, And um uh, then uh, and Warnerville as well. From about the uh, I would say the early eighties, about eighty two or three. I mean we forget, time flies and yeah. uh, we go back a long way. And um but about the eighty two or three and we were the principal principal uh kill or, 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 or service kill operators at the Warnerville Abattoir. And then, uh, one of the city council tried to sell it, uh, a couple of times. I think uh, it was virtually sold to another company, a Melbourne company who I knew well. And they didn't come up with the money or something. What happened? I forget that doesn't matter. And then, uh, in 1988, Vern Robinson rang me. And uh, as I say, I had worked closely with the, with the city council and the Avatar team. And he rang me and he said, "Would you be interested in buying?" And I said, "Well, I haven't got much money, mate." You know, and he said, "Oh no, the council would be prepared to, to yeah. fund in. Yeah. And uh, I said, "Oh well, you work out a price." And because them days, I mean, we're talking the early seven the, the, the early eighties, yeah. mid eighties, and uh, there wasn't much. It was tough times, you know. Mm. Yeah. But I can say this that um, so anyway, we come to a deal, and it was two million dollars. was advertised everywhere, and people—it's been said to me are stole it. Well, I'll be honest. There was about four other abattoirs you could have bought at the same time in the yeah. western district, and they are all gone now
0: so yeah, that's right. it, wasn't, it
1: was yeah it, yeah, it wasn't cheap <laughs> it wasn't cheap because you would have bought the others cheaper than that, and nobody wanted them so it was plenty of money for it in them days and uh we've then you know we developed them but look city council Ern robson in particular the uh, city council. They've they they're always been very good to work with and, and the people in, in Warrnambool in general, you know, they, they, I reckon the community of Warrnambool have been good to us and that's why to this day I support the hospitals and the cancer centres or the charities, all the charities, the football clubs and the netball clubs and all that because I think uh, personally midfield owe quite a bit to the uh, to the local community you oh. know, and uh, it's been good, it's been good to us.
0: Yeah, and I know the local community are uh, really appreciative of what midfield do but Vern Robson, that's a bit of good foresight by Vern. He's he's still in yes. town and, and he's been a great contributor to our community.
1: Ah oh, yes, one of the best people that's ever been in the town. I don't care what anybody says. You
2: know, I, I always
1: say when Vern Robson and uh, Couple of his colleagues and one just passed there 12 months ago, but or else? Uh, Duncan Stalker, when they come to the office, uh, yeah. make an appointment to come and see me. I think, well, this is going to cost me. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's <all laughs> because, right. Because
1: no, they know when to knock on the door, and, and not. <laughs> I'm not meaning that way, but I mean it's a bit of fun, yeah. and uh, they know uh, they'll say, well, you know, we've got this project. Would you help us out? Of course we will. You know, they know I won't say no, but. Uh, no, it's uh, done a lot to the community of Warrnambool, Vern Robson. So, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, his foresight was possibly the, the reason that the abattoir is still there now today and, and can employs as many people
0: as we do. That's right. Because biggest, otherwise, yeah.
1: we might have been somewhere else. Right,
0: now, you know? where, the midfield name, did, did that, was that born out of when you bought that? Well, no, no, no.
1: We just... No, we used prior to that. We used to just trade. So we we didn't want to be top end. We didn't want to be bottom end. And um, it was just we'll be somewhere in the middle. So we'll be midfield. and that was the only reason. Yeah, Yeah. that's the way it came. And I mean, for a long time it was this and that, and people didn't understand it. But now it's it's part of the. part of the scenery in the
0: livestock industry, isn't it? Yeah, you know? that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, back in the early 70s, three employees to, I think, over 1,500 today, and lots of strings to the midfield bow at the minute, but Colin, recognised in 2013 as the Power Core Business Excellent Award, um, Business of the Year, that, that that must have meant a lot. going back. Yeah, it
1: was. It did mean a lot. That's going back, isn't it? You know? yeah. I nearly didn't go that night. I nearly didn't go. <laughs> Because from memory it was a Monday night yes. and uh it was always out on the Monday night and look, for years and years and years I think about thirty two or thirty three years, it's virtually in succession weeks, I, I always went to Adelaide or uh, South Australia on Mondays buying lambs and Tuesday, buying sheep and lambs and cattle. And uh I said, No, nah, no, I'm too busy, I'm gonna come to the uh, I can't go out of Warton. I don't know, something happened. I I think it was actually there again uh, one of the uh, one of the councillors said to me, look, I think you should be there because... <laughs> I've got a bit of inside info. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, had a, I had the inside information. So I thought, well, that's true. I better do the right thing. And uh, but that's going back, uh, that's a long time ago, 2013, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. But it's, in, it's, up on, it's up in the office,
0: yeah. You know, people see the success you've had, but there's a lot of um, risks, a lot of investment, you know, a lot of probably oh, yeah. hard work and sleepless nights. Are we doing the right thing? What should we do here? <laughs> I would imagine that would be always the way in in the early
1: days uh Peter yeah, like in the domestic market, uh getting paid was the hardest thing people wouldn't pay you, yeah. you know, and this is another problem, and I was like you've always had good people around us, I mean we've got some very good people I mean, if if you went to the effort today to I can do it, but i do not because you get busy, but well, the twenty year plus club, I suppose we'd have uh you know, we could have a hundred plus people working for us that have been there twenty years plus.
0: Yeah, and, that, and
1: uh, yeah. there's not too many people, not too many companies would be that lucky. No, yeah.
0: that 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 says uh, we do this in the radio station, trying to keep our employees on on staff. But yeah. says about the culture of Midfield and what you've done there. So you know, a great place to be, yeah. and, and you look after them. Yeah. I know your Christmas parties are pretty good
1: last couple of years we haven't had to have them but that
0: was only thanks to covid not thanks to midfield. I well, I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking yeah. the time but what I want to drill down to a bit you've got many in know, arms of midfield meats, but I've um, been uh, following the yeah. protein plan. What exactly are you developing behind the main midfield centre there up there well, in Scott Street? Yeah, well
1: we used to many many years many many years ago about 19 Eighty nine, I think it was. Right, it might have been eighty nine. Uh, that we actually purchased the what was known as the knackery down at uh, at Lee's Point. Yeah. and uh, and at that stage, we used to pick up the knackery used to pick up all dead animals around the area, you know, and uh, and, and render them, and that was. Uh, that was part of our business for a while, but then I suppose it would be. That's what's that? That's thirty odd years, thirty five years ago. Probably twenty years ago, we said no, no more. We won't be picking up dead cows because you have the issue with the uh, with the uh, the the the, um, the 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 quality of the product because you cook if you cook rubbish, you'll end up with rubbish. But yes. that was you know that was where we that was where we evolved from, and uh, we didn't do that easy. So then we used to cart the render down there. But look, Warrnambool's a growing community, and we would have had to bring effluent and that pipe it back through and uh, honestly I get to uh, say that through when when my son Dean and his team said we'll build a new protein plant at uh, at the abattoirs and that means that goes further than just the old mackery cooking all this sort of thing you know how, how that was about yeah. and uh, we said well there's got to be a day of uh, of reckoning so we will build. I said, well, you won't get a license in Wanable, in in the town at the Avatori, you won't get a license there. But honestly, um, a lot of consultation with the community, and the community were very very good and being supported. Now, I'm not saying a day or two they might not get a whiff in the morning of the smell, but it's it amazes me this product, this protein plant, and uh, we're we're able to split the strings So nowadays, uh, they uh, they render, cook in layman's terms, but render the uh, the ovine products and the bovine products and and they streams kinda like you had a separate meat meals from here and meat meals and that's what the world wants so it's um, it's become it is you know been very very uh, eye opening for me because I didn't think they could you can walk in there in your Sunday Sunday best yes. and uh, there's no smell and you walk out again and it's it's amazing I didn't mm-hmm. think they could do it they did it you know so, so what uh,
0: yep. Yep. What stage is the protein plant at? Is it operational? sounds like it's operational. Yes, it's
1: operational now, yes. And we just they've the always got to tick off obviously the few uh, the few uh oh, the few might be a few bugs and then uh, it's about uh, taking the, the the old site to the next step out in, in Levy's point. Whichever step that may be, we'll
0: we'll work it out. Yeah, Haven't having any plans for that at this stage?
1: No, not yet. No, not yet. No, no, it's uh, it's there, and uh, but it won't be. We can't. We don't want two renders, and it'll that's that. That was the condition with the people and well, uh, and, and the
0: EPA. Well, you know? it's, well, it's, I guess it's the young ones, you know, talking to you about this yep. protein plant and bringing it into fruition. It's environmentally yep. friendly, I understand, and the state yes, of the art, of, the state of the art equipment that you've got out there is like yep. it's just an incredible, incredible setup.
1: It is. It is, and look, it's a. It's about the circular economy, and that's what we do, and. Uh, just at the back of the yard here where I'm working now is our uh, compost facility. And uh, people, you know, they said, oh, you know, what do you do with your, the, 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 the paunch material or the gut material or, or stuff that you can't cook because you can't cook that. And uh, so we've got the uh, an EPA licence for, I think it's 10,000 tonne now, 8,000 tonne, it might be, 8 to 10. any rate, uh, so we compost all our all our waste, paunch material, et cetera, et cetera, out of the abattoir and, the, you know, the skins or whatever it may be and that's been that's been very very successful, and that' spread on the uh, on farmlands uh not to, uh, we don't sell it out much because uh, we we put it on our own farmlands yeah you know?
0: yeah and and the products go worldwide colin
1: yes worldwide everywhere everywhere you go
0: mm, fantastic and well congratulations on the on the protein plants a huge um investment in the city. But great for the city. A I huge think.
1: one. It was a huge one, yeah. It was more than the abattoir and everything put together, but that's lot Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> We're now in 2022. Yeah, yeah. and
0: I, I guess your employees, um, you're still looking for more employees out there?
1: Ah, oh, yeah, well, I'm very fortunate. I've got uh, Dean, our son, he uh, he runs a show nowadays for us, and, uh, you know, he's got a, a good team around him, but they're constantly travelling travelling and, and searching for employees because as we all know what the issue is in, in Australia and it's lack of labour but I'm very fortunate he does a wonderful job and it's like uh, whether it be uh, the is right across it, the, the meat factory the milk factory I mean uh,
3: mm. I'm lucky to have
1: succession, very lucky to have yeah. succession and the son's in South Australia and he runs that and the uh, our daughters, so uh, they've got their own lives, which is good. And we've got another son that's a builder, so we're pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky.
0: Well, I, I just I wanted to talk to you today because I don't I don't know how many people understand how fantastic that protein plant is and what it brings and what it, it's yep. in Warrnambool and it's a world class yep. facility. Like it's just uh, world
1: class product is exported worldwide yeah. and sought after, sought yeah. after. Whereas in the old render, it was not. You yeah. know.
0: That's right. So I just, just wanted yeah. to find out a bit more about it and say congratulations yep. on what you'd let done. you know. What about the Union Dairy Company? I've had a tour of the dairy company out there. That's state of the art as well. That's just another it arm is. to what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, p- p- providing milk. It's
1: a nice factory. Yeah. It's uh you know, we've got a large investment in dairy in ourselves and uh got a lot of Good suppliers come on board, one leaves you, but not one leaves, two come on board, that's what it is. But I felt that uh, many years ago, by well, not many years ago, about six or seven years ago, I thought if we're going to keep growing our, our investment or our footprint in the dairy industry, we'll need, uh, we need some surety of, uh, of, of processing behind us, which uh, uh, effectively, so we can tell our destiny, so it's it's about you know we we've got our own milk which we supply but then we've got a lot of that's not all it's about thirty percent or something like that uh, of ours goes into the factory but so we purchased the um, the uh, old uh, the, the potato the uh, uh, chip making facility of McCain's at, at Penola it's a beautiful facility and built a brand spanking new uh, milk drying plant and. Uh, honestly, it's um, mm. it has been very successful. It's full and that's all we need to do is keep our capacity up. But now, and uh, it takes a while. The first couple of years are pretty tough going because you've got to build your brand, yes. but now they've got their brand going and same again. It's uh, Dean and his team run that. He's got a very good team around him that run that for me, uh, for us. And uh, no, it's it's been, it's been very successful.
0: So any dairy farmers out there that want to get onto the Union Dairy Company, they can Give Dean a call. Yep,
1: yep, yep. and he'll be, he'll be there, don't worry, or myself. But, uh, you know, at the moment, we've got enough milk. Well, we don't, haven't got enough milk, but, I mean, we, we, we're not too bad. Going we're not well.
0: too bad. Yeah. Just, yeah, we're going very good. Uh, Colin,
1: keep going that way. Colin okay.
0: McKenna, Managing Director of Midfield Group, talking to us. Colin, I know you're busy going to let you go, but uh, from a yep. that's a great story, midfield story. And, you know, what I'd suggest people do is get on your website, have a look at all the things you're doing, um, midfieldgroup.com.au. Uh, have a look because you can have videos of the of the Union Dairy Company. I had a look at that this morning. It's sensational. You get all all the details about the protein plant and everything that the Midfield Group are up to. So, so really good uh, good place to go to to get the full detail of, of the uh, Midfield Group. But Colin, from a leisure point of view, you know you you work hard, you play. You know you you, you need some play time. What I, know, oh, I get that, I get that. I, I know horse racing is is, um, is a passion <laughs> of yours, um, and the spring yeah, racing you know, carnival's coming up, have, and I, I think yeah. you're involved with the Darwin Cup, uh, and, and won yeah, that with playoffs. Yeah,
1: we're lucky enough to win the Darwin
0: Cup. Well, I suppose it's
1: not luck, but we were, we were fortunate enough to win the Darwin Cup. Yeah, it's, so.
0: It's, so that's your passion, yeah. horse racing and getting involved there? Well, that gets us away from it, and,
1: and we love it, and people know that, so uh, we'll see. It's a, big, it's a big spring coming, you know, so... Uh, uh, I get, I can get the time of case. I don't get the races every week, but
0: I do. Yeah. There's, so. there just between you and me, is there anyone we can look out for over the spring carnival? I know, I've, heard, I've heard some, someone gave me a whisper that you've got a French horse somewhere. Yeah, he goes pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he
1: run, he run, uh, he ran a close second uh, in a Group One in uh, in Doval on uh, Sunday on Sunday night, Monday morning. So it was a late night, but um, he's a nice horse. His horse called Light Infantry. And he's going to go to the uh, to the Golden Eagle, in uh, uh, which would be Derby Day, I think, in Sydney, and then he'll go back to uh, to France to uh, to uh, England. He's trained in England by Todd Simcock, and he'll go back there and uh, and compete in the which he did this year, but he'll compete in the um, uh, Royal Ascot races. And uh, that's a you know that's a wonderful place to be if you can at yeah. the time. That's what we like. And uh, no, there's a couple of others, just uh, Generations kicks off on uh, on Saturday. Well, he, I don't think he will because he's a wide barrier, but he kicks off on Saturday, he'll win
0: one. Yep. There's at, a couple, but there's a lot of other good ones around that
1: can beat uh, Don't worry. Look yeah.
0: out for the blue and green stripes of the McKenna uh, <laughs> horse I <laughs> Colin, all I really right, appreciate you. you joining me this morning, giving yeah. us an insight into midfield group. Um, I know that what you've done for the community. A lot of people do know what you do. A lot of people don't know what you do, but you've you've not only a massive employer, yep. but a great supporter of the community, and and well deserved on the midfield uh, group. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Peter. Have a good day. Peter Heaton on this Friday morning talking the Great South Coast and in one moment we're going to be talking to the Mayor of the City of Warrnambool Vicky Jelly. but just a reminder that tomorrow up at the Reed Oval it's the Cassine Cup, it's for the Gillen Boys Foundation and it's raising awareness for muscular dystrophy and also trying to raise funds to find a cure for muscular dystrophy Chris Gillen and the foundation there and, and Butch Cassidy out at Cassine have had this cup, this is the second year it's running and all the teams that play on on Saturday at the Reed Oval, the, the, the team that wins the most amount of games, footy and netball, gets awarded the Cassine Cup. So, and all the players will be wearing the green laces and the beanies. So, if you're up there, uh, Mandy Gillen will be there with some merchandise to purchase. So, look out for that and, uh, and support the Gillen Boys Foundation. Vicky Jelly, good morning to you.
4: Good morning, Peter.
0: Thanks for joining us. Now, um, Vicky, uh, as the Mayor of the City of Warrnambool, how, how are you going?
4: Yeah, look, lots of things happening in the city, some great things happening. Um, look, all down Lake toad, that playground, the Edward Bridge down at the foreshore, down, down at the breakwater with the um, boat ramp moving along. That's a, a huge area of progress along there. So come the summer months, It'll all be done and we'll all be able to enjoy it. So yep. really excited about all that.
0: My grandchildren keep asking, when can we go there? When can we go there? When will it be finished, Vicky? Any date or are yep. just waiting for that?
4: Um, I think sort of October-ish for the playground. Um, I think some big concrete whales went in the other day Fantastic. that are in the water park. That, that'll that be exciting. My grandkids are the same. And I think I think they're all coming together around that sort of October before the tourists come on. So yeah. It'll fix up a lot of things um, that have been waiting for a long time, but, yeah, that playground's popular.
0: Excellent. Or, right. as you say, the Edwards Bridge, I saw that. I think the hot mix was going on soon, and then there's mm-hmm. work on the boat ramp, so we'll put a lot of action down the foreshore. Yeah, it's great. Great for the city. Now, Vicky, other areas of uh, discussion. Of course, we've had uh, Cannon Hill in the newspapers this week uh, and a bit of discussion about uh, what's happening up there. What, what is the story?
4: That's right. Look there's um council had to make a decision as to do a business case to where a new art gallery might go if we are able to, to get one in, in years to come. And this will be years and years away. So um, there's been a lot of work done in the last few years, perhaps before we came into council. So it came back to council that there were two sites that either upgrade or renew, do a new site so on the, the current site there at the art gallery, at the, Um, Civic Green or the other site that came back was Cannon Hill. So we did some um, community consultation, you say, which we have to do through the Local Government Act and we did that uh, a couple of months ago and there was a forum which I also attended and it came back about 50-50. Some people wanting Cannon Hill, some people wanting to stay at ease. So it's pretty hard Mm. to do that so what was decided at a council meeting at the start of august that the business case would be done on the cannon hill site to look at that so it will be done over the next two or three months and we will get um, some feedback about that and it will either discount it as being uh, up there Or say, here's some plans for it, look at it. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's a business case and it might be, I think it's been interpreted differently um, through other areas, but that's what it is. It's a business case, doesn't mean it's going to happen. So we'll work through this. We understand the community, have got their thoughts and that's why when we put out our have your say to get their opinion, we ask them to give feedback, not after the fact. Um, you know, when we've asked. So we appreciate that.
0: So I guess the point there is it's actually, the decision hasn't been made to do it, it's just in the process. That's that's the main point. Exactly
4: exactly it 's just looking at it. is it viable up there? What would it look like? It would have to go through more a lot more scope, um, but it doesn 't mean it 's going to be there
0: all right, something that 's on the council website because I had a look this morning and i 've heard uh, the sale yard situation that 's been going on. I think ten years ago, this conversation was had again, and it 's raised its <laughs> yeah. uh, head again. Some you know six million dollars spend needs to happen out there to upgrade and the council is seeking people 's comments, their thoughts, and as you said before. That's this is their opportunity to have their say. That's
4: right. Please go on the website and/or come to council if you want to, you know, write or write us an email or a letter. If that's how you like to operate. Um, we need your feedback. This is a really hard decision, as you said, Peter. This came up about ten years ago. It's sort of been kicked down the road. The, road, the yards have deteriorated. There's, there hasn't been any really big money spent on it at all. Um, we want everyone's opinion, whether you're a farmer or a stock agent or someone um, living in Warrnambool who um, knows nothing about the yards or just wants to put their opinion. We want to hear all sides. And that's the thing. It is about all sides. It's, it's talking to the people at the sale yards and the agents. But it's also, you know, I've said a couple of times to people, I need to go to Kmart or down Liebig Street and ask people who... Mm-hmm aren't involved with the so have to get their opinion because it's for all the residents, all the rate payers it's a big decision, it's, nothing's been decided, no final decision at all but we need to seriously consider um, with due diligence what the best is for the city
0: yeah and and the opportunity if you get on the website uh it's on actually on the, the front page this morning when I got that avial say about the Southwest Victorian Livestock Exchange and lots of okay. things to consider like the the people that have had their businesses out there what's the, going to be the effect on that if if the upgrade doesn't happen and the sale yards close uh, what could be done with the the land? I guess there's there's you know views of six million dollars as too much money to spend on on that facility. We should be doing something else. But now's the time to have your say, and then council sit down and and assess it all.
4: That's right. We're going to from from the have your say, which ends next week, um, the twenty sixth. We'll go through, there'll be some focus groups, different groups that we'll get together with. We've got a couple of months to work through this. We've asked for some um, economic data, brand new data, because a lot of the stuff that's being bandied around by some people is 10, 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's not correct, so we've requested to get some new economic information. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that area, that went out there 52 years ago. And when you drive out there, you see where the houses are. There, right? It's grown around it. You know, is it fit to purpose? Has it outgrown the area? It's a busy area. Um and consequently, after nothing being done um over ten years ago, Mortlake started up the sale yards up there. Hmm. So, you know, you've got to look at all the options um for everyone concerned.
0: Going back in history, Vicky, the, the sale yards before they moved out to their current site were nearly right in the middle of town now where KF Jobs was in the park. I think it's is it Cook Park there near Near the um, KFC opposite there, where the toilets are, there that was the sale yards many many years ago.
4: That's right, and my understanding is when that moved out to Caramut Road, was, there was uproar, absolute yes. uproar, because it was too far out of town, which you can understand years ago. So now we've moved out there a long time ago, and the city is grown, and um, it's you know is it meeting the needs for everyone? We We've, you know, we're, we're this isn't just an easy decision either. I've, you know, I've got people I know are farmers and things like that. We service the, the whole area, we service farmers and suppliers, um, growers from Moine, Moyne are right around us. So, because as such, Warnable itself hasn't got that many farmers yes. that um, have cattle in it. Um, in the last 10 years, um, buying and selling of cattle has changed. Some people, um, sell their cattle directly from their gate, from the farm. Someone comes and picks them up and that's all they have to do. Um, it's, it's environmental, you know. Um, as we know, all those sort of things, with environmental things, impact on animals. Um, all those things have changed, so we've got to look at that. We understand it's a place that people gather on a Wednesday for, for a sale and, and people get there and talk and understand that, that that's an important thing as well.
0: Well, that's So hard. we've
4: got to... Con- Everything
0: you yeah, consider, and that's right. And the and as you mentioned, the economic impact on Warrnambool what would happen there? Would the farmers go elsewhere? And what effects does that have on the, our takeaway food shops? And you know, wives of farmers coming yep. in and buying products, buying their groceries all that's a huge decision for council. And you know, yeah. now's the time for people to have their say. Get on the council website, uh, just Google Warrnambool City Council. I did that this morning, and then you'll see the have your say. And you can fill it out there and have your say. And I guess even if people wanted to come and make appointments with people, relevant people at council, you'd welcome that as well.
4: Yes, as I said, we're going to have some focus groups. That those focus groups will come out of the information on your site. So when people, and I think you know, over three hundred people have gone in there already, which is fabulous, fabulous. And our officers will work through all those um, fors and against. And sometimes when it's contentious like this, there's people that aren't going to to. Put their hand up and speak openly for fear of, you know, upsetting yeah. one side or the other, which is fair enough. When you go on to your say, it's all you know. They do ask for your name, but we don't see names. No one sees names, um, so it's confidential as far as that goes. So, well, um, you, know, you know, there's a lot to consider, and there's no um, no um, outcome yet at all. And there's no decision, if the yards were to close, what would go on the site. There's nothing being talked. I think it's been put out there that we'd sell the land. Well, I don't think that's in the mix there at all. At the moment, you know, we could um, put light industrial on there. We could put um, other, another sporting facility on there. Um, so, there's a lot of options, but we haven't really gone down that road.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's a good opportunity, and people take this opportunity because I know the council put out an advertising campaign running on this radio station now. Warnable City Council yep. seeking community feedback on the future of the Warnable Sale Yards. To find out more, have your say and go to au, or drop into the Civic Centre office, 25 Library Street, Warnable, for a hard copy of the survey. So, Vicky, you're encouraging people to do that and have their say.
4: Absolutely, and on the um, our agenda about the sale yards on August first, if you went into our meeting agenda online if you 're online, you can read all the documentation we 've put out there to share with the community that that helps you understand um, some of the especially the financials and things like that all
0: right that 's all the information on the sale yard, so get on to that uh, if you want to have your say. now, Vicky, plenty happening at council, and I heard you on the news on Three y b the other day talking about. Over 40 clubs looking for members at Southwest Volunteer Expo coming up uh, tomorrow or on, on Saturday,
4: that's, yeah. That's right, Saturday um, out at the Emanuel Centre. I think it starts at about 10, I'm just not quite yeah, sure. 10 o'clock, you're right, yes. Yeah, 10 o'clock, that's right. And um, I'll be out there and it's great. As we know, with COVID, volunteers, you know, um, are needed more and more because some people haven't come back, which is fair enough. So there'll be a lot of great groups out there all set up. You can talk to them. You might put your name down to volunteer, get more information about what they do. So it's going to be a great day. I think it's 10 till 2. I think it runs too. So at the Emanuel Centre at um, uh, Emmanuel College.
0: All right, Vicki. Thanks for joining us this morning on Talk About the Great South Coast. Um, what have you got planned for the weekend? I guess well, say a few I'll functions?
4: Be, yeah, a few functions, attending that uh, function. And... Um, Yep, a lot of things to catch up on and, and get around and talk to people. So it's great to be able to do that, and I want to hear people's opinion.
0: All right, Vicki Jelly, Mayor of the City of Warnwell. Thanks for joining us this morning, Vicky. and have a good Thanks, weekend. Thanks, Peter. Peter Heedon this morning talking BPW Southwest, and Kim Kavanagh joins me. Good morning, Kim. Hi, Peter. BPW That might mean not much to a lot of people. What is BPW, Kim?
2: It stands for Business and Professional Women and we're a chapter of the International Federation of B- uh, Business and Professional Women. There are clubs like ours all across the world and all right around Australia. And we are here to bring together women of all ages, all backgrounds, different businesses, professions. They might be at home bring up the family. They might be... A student, they might be in the paid workforce, or they might be retired from the paid workforce. Where we get together and network, and socialise, and mentor, and generally have a lovely time.
0: You've been in existence for a number of years now, and had lots of functions. Um, and I guess you're still looking for people. If people have moved to the city or haven't had some contact with you, that how can they go about joining? It's a great, you know, great place to meet people and get involved.
2: That's right, and, and you're right, Peter. A lot of our members come from women who are new to Warrnambool. They might be in working at the hospital or the deacon or come down to Warrnambool for their job and they don't know anyone and it's, it is a great way to get to know other women outside of your organisation. They can contact me. as probably the quickest way on 0438626004 or go to the website. Uh, just look up BPW Southwest.
0: All right, and uh, an event that you've got coming up, which would be great for any new people to come along. It's on Tuesday, the 6th of September. It's a wine tasting with Amy Armstrong of Dry But Wet. It's an alcohol-free discovery. Yes,
2: it's a wine tasting of the difference. You'll actually be able to drive home after this one. Uh, we, One of the things that we love to do in our group is support other women in business, and Amy has a really interesting story that she'll tell us leaving the corporate world Um, it's a full-time steady job and uh, going out on her own to start this really interesting and different business so she'll tell you about that
0: we've actually got amy armstrong uh on the phone of dry but wet and we'll find out about amy's story amy thanks for joining us on the great south coast today
3: no worries thank you for having me peter and hi kim
0: Hi, Amy. And we're looking forward to you coming down on Tuesday the 6th. But before we get into that detail of that, tell us about uh, Amy Armstrong. You had a full-time job and you you actually left there and started your own business called Dry But Wet. What is that all about?
3: Uh, So Dry But Wet is all about creating positive and inclusive drinking experiences
0: for people. So
3: uh, if anyone doesn't feel like having alcohol for a, a day or a week or a month or forever, um, it's about me finding the best non-alcoholic beverages that are on the market and um, making them accessible and a part of that has been running tasting events like I'm going to be doing for the BPW but this all sort of began uh, back in December of 2020 with a, an Instagram account with me just reviewing reviewing drinks and sharing my experiences and it, it grew really really quickly and I, I sort of discovered that I had a real passion for it and wanted to pursue it um, with a lot more time and energy than what um, allowed when I was still working uh, out at Deakin, which i have been doing for the, the previous nine years. So it was it was all sort of lucky timing and I was able to step away from that job and um, and develop my business to where it is
0: today i guess from my point of view i've been to functions and i said i'm not not going to drink tonight i'll just have a water night or a lemonade night but a lot of the i guess a lot of the pressure comes from people saying aren't you drinking tonight what, what you know why aren't you having mm. a beer or why aren't you having a wine what's what's wrong with you is, is, is yeah, that a common alcoholism. occurrence
3: <laughs> yeah that absolutely is and that's why these non-alcoholic options are so wonderful. If people are feeling, you know, socially outcast because of not drinking, they can have a beer in their hand and, or they can have a wine in their hand and they can just not feel that fear of missing out or that feeling other. So, and, and also, you know, who needs to be questioned ten times about why they're not having
4: beer?
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, the night, Tuesday the 6th of September, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's at the Box Racer uh, Cafe, and you have, or Kim has—I'm not sure who's developed a magnificent menu. Tell us about that.
2: The Box Racer Cafe chef has put together a fabulous menu. Uh, we've worked with Amy and and uh, to so that she can match the courses to the different wines. So she'll tell you about the wines. But we've got four courses, and
0: well, I've got the courses here, Kim. The, courses. the first course, the appetizer. <laughs> um, well, maybe I, maybe I. I'm not the greatest um, uh, menu person to, to say. You fish, citrus, chili, and herbs. Uh, a capra cochio, beetroot, goat's cheese, walnuts, balsamic, and native bush mint, and three white wine samples. will go with that dish. That's pretty good.
2: Oh great, Pete! We're we're teaching you something this morning, um, yeah. So the, you they are.
0: well, I could say the pork belly, cauliflower, truffle, yeah. apple fennel, and juice. That's good. That's good with the three rose red wine samples. Yes, yeah, so I, I better stop there, Kim. I'll let you take over that.
2: No, the, it, it's, we're very pleased to be going to the Box Racer cafe, Box Racer Cafe um, because they're normally a, a week. Uh, uh, during the day, open and they're doing this especially for us. It's a lovely little funky little room. So it, there's not a lot of room. So if you are thinking of coming, we'd suggest you get in touch straight away because we have a, a limit to the number. Uh, and we're really excited that Amy will be s- s- telling us her story, but also giving us some tastes of the different wines, so that we can get an idea of of what she's talking about.
0: And those wines will be available for sale, Amy, I would imagine uh, on the night?
3: What I'll have is, is a tasting sheet for people, a little link to, for them to be able to buy uh, from the comfort of their home.
0: Alright, four course, four courses. Um, really uh, great menu. Good night. Looking forward to it. How do people get tickets? Kim?
2: They can go to our website and book online. It's uh, www.bpw.com dot.com.au/southwest. Let's just go there, click on the book now, and go in, and you're in.
0: All right, Amy Armstrong of Dry but Wet. A great night coming up for BPW Tuesday, the sixth of September. And Amy, have you been to Warrnambool before?
3: I live in Port Ferry.
0: Well, there you go. That's you, so, I yes, dare say I you have been to Warrnambool before. Probably <laughs> been through times. there a couple of times.
3: Yeah, <laughs> come there to do the supermarketing. So, yes, can say I've been to
0: Warrnambool. All right, very good. Amy Armstrong, we look forward to seeing you in Warrnambool uh, and hear, hearing your story.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Kim.